Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck, the show that aims to help change the way you lead. This week I'm joined by Ian Sauls, the CEO of Fegans, a charity which exists to bring hope to the lives of children, families and communities in towns across the UK. So welcome, Ian, to the Leadership Farm. Good morning, Andy. So uh, your journey to be CEO at uh, Fegans, first of all. Uh, well, uh, I guess there's two different journeys. There's a practical one and a spiritual one. If I try and summarise them both, <laughs> uh, but imagine them running in parallel. Uh, so I had five years in the city as a young man. Uh, left the city to start my own business. I was there for a couple of years with my dad. Um, the recession in the early 90s uh, got the better of us, and I ended up on a building site um, uh, just as a labourer. Um, from there, fell into the job centre. I found a passion for finding people work. I then spent 18 years uh, working for uh, Hay, starting off as a junior recruiter and, and finishing off as the UK uh, director responsible for delivery. But at the same time, perhaps more importantly, um, there was a spiritual journey. So um, during those early years, uh, work was something I did during the week. My faith was something I, I did during the weekends, unless I was in trouble. And then obviously you, you pray to get yourself bailed out. But when I was 35, um, uh, 12 years ago now, um, uh, my stomach burst. I suffer from Crohn's. And um, uh, I'd been working, getting progressively iller, and uh, I ended up in a hospital with uh, the surgeon saying I had to operate, I had peritonitis, and I was very, very ill, and uh, had three months off. And during those three months, I uh, really began to ask God, what am I here for? And uh, I guess that took me on a journey towards vegans. And um, you, you'd been aware of vegans before you um, became CEO? Yes, so from that moment um, until now, some 12 years later, I spent a lot of time um, looking at business practice, commercial analysis, cash flow, uh, projections, how do you do that, how do you recruit and grow responsibly, and that's what I did for uh, Hayes. Um, but uh, I was at a prayer meeting, actually, and I became aware that uh, of this charity. I didn't know too much about it, but uh, one of the people there said, oh, we've got a real need for uh, trustees. and. So I originally joined as a trustee um, and uh, began to fall in love with the organisation. I described Fegans in, in my introduction as the uh, you know a, a charity which exists to bring hope to the lives of children, families, and communities. Um, but tell us about the work. What does that mean in terms of practically, in terms of the size of the charity and the kind of breadth that you have? Right. Okay. So we're about um, 100 strong. Um, we've recruited, I suppose, uh, 50 people or so over the last year. So we're in a high growth phase. Uh, the actual work is predominantly in schools. Uh, schools pay us to counsel children. So we have two main arms, uh, qualified counselling towards uh, traumatised or abused children, and another arm, which is uh, supporting parents, because often actually the children that we're working with from a counselling perspective, um, their mums and dads need a lot of support in that environment as well. Right, and and um, the the present climate has has created its its own challenges. The, the years of austerity recently in Britain, and uh, and of course the increasing challenges from a, in terms of family breakdown, etc., have have sadly left some children very vulnerable. Yes, yeah, so there's, there's two different climates that we're operating with, and the economic one, uh, economic one have affected us all, doesn't matter whether you're in a city, in a business, private sector, third sector, charitable world. It has been a hard, hard time for us all. 
Um, but you're right, that also has an impact on the other environment that we're working with, which is, um, if you like, a, a, a real culture in the UK of family breakdowns. About half of uh, children now wake up on the 16th birthday without dad in the house. And uh, the challenge is actually those two environments uh, do actually impact on each other as the uh, government, local government, uh, has struggles to fund now the support that's really required for f uh, people suffering with uh, with emotional and mental health difficulties. Um, and and you are a Christian charity, but mm -hmm. you're you're not functioning. You're not you know your aim is not to proselytise within the you know the, the, the school sector. So you you have kind of quite strict understanding of of your role. Yes. So, I mean, uh, so we see ourselves, if you like, if you want a, a biblical parable for us, we're the Good Samaritan. We're not trying to make uh, the injured person on the road another Samaritan. We're not trying to take them to the Good Samaritan Church. We are just loving them where they are in the way that they need them. And there are actually, um, in terms of if you're, if you're offering qualified counselling, there are strict guidelines that are rightly in place to, to ensure that actually children... Uh, who are being ministered to us uh, by us or anyone, in fact, that their needs become first. There's no strings attached. We are just there for them. But obviously, you know, the, the, there's no there's no boundaries in terms of praying for. You know, the, the staff that are involved, if they are believers themselves, can be praying for and concerned for situation. Would that be appropriate? Not not out not in terms of one on one, but actually, um, you know, in their own time. Well, as a Christian organisation, you, know, you have to look at, you know, what is a Christian organisation? Mm. I mean, the organisation won't die and go to heaven. You know, what do we mean by that? So by trusted, by culture, by leadership, by DNA, by history, by, by, uh, by what we do and why we do it, that's what makes us Christian. So that doesn't mean that everybody in Vegans is a Christian. I guess the split would probably be 60-40 or something like that. But... Uh, what it does mean is that uh, as an organization, when you come into the house, you know you're coming into a Christian place. And so as a team, as a leadership team, we pray every day. Um, uh, we have a big prayer meeting on Monday uh, morning, but uh, every day we gather to pray uh, for the work that we do, for the families that we're working with. But obviously, as you say, that's in the privacy of our own offices. Okay. And um, describe the kind of helping children helping sector for us in terms of how Fegans fits in. Are there lots of charities like vegans are they unique um how, how does it all kind of pan out well <laughs> okay so so there's 12 million children in the uk um uh the best estimates say that one in ten have a diagnosable mental health issue uh, so you're talking about 1.2 million children if you gathered all of our peers there's no com competition in our world uh, together we could probably get to a uh, hundred thousand children maybe 150 so everyone's might together gets to about 10% of the problem. Wow. So in that context, are there other people like vegans? Yes, and uh, if you're out there, please get in contact with us. We, we love to partner. There's obviously a huge state sector as well, but the state sector has just been overwhelmed now. So um, for complex mental health disorders, you know, waits of six months or a year for a suicidal child is, is not uncommon. Right, well, and the... Um the, the challenge that you find obviously potentially can be can be overwhelming. You've you've talked in terms of being able to to add staff more recently. Yes, the so okay. So when I came into Figans um, as a Christian charity, it did a, an immense amount of good, but it was uh, it, it was dissipated. And one of the things I've learned in the private sector is to be very focused about what you're doing and have a real vision and uh, reason for, for, for existence. And so 
um, that meant a, a significant shift in the profile of what we did um, and in the profile of the people that we had. And there was a lot of hard decisions there, Andy, I have to tell you. But what that meant was, as we began to focus on the counselling children, we focused on that because it was unusual uh, for Christian organisations to, to, to be in such a risky and hard-end uh, area. Uh, it was unusual um, uh, to have an organisation that could respond very quickly to children uh, in, in, who are vulnerable. And it was very unusual to have a Christian organisation that can work hand in hand, hand in glove with, with uh, the secular services, statutory services, CAMs and children's services and schools and so on. So yes, uh, that, was, that set us on this path for growth. Right. And, and obviously the, um, we can easily... Um, see the way in which society as a whole is is massively benefited from children who who are able to you know to overcome some of these mm. mental health issues i mean you you will know that our uh the, the prison is our prisons are filled with folk who've sadly not received the help in the past you know etc mm. etc et i realize it's a, you know it's a motive topic but it's you know what you're doing is quite crucial to the to the whole overall um kind of society in which we live I passionately believe so. I, I gave up a lucrative career <laughs> because I because I, I really believe in the work we do. I think um, uh, one of the uh, quite surprising things I found uh, is the uh, stunning success rate that vegans has with children. Mm. So this is not a hopeless cause. This is a this is a, a charity that genuinely does bring hope. So. Uh, we we counsel about a thousand children for one on one for three months, uh, roughly on average each, and of that thousand, um, the vast majority, well over ninety percent, will leave us uh, equipped to deal with with what's happened to them, able to forgive, able to accept some of their damage, uh, able to heal, and able to actually thrive uh, back in the environments that perhaps caused some of that distress in the first place. So it's an incredible work to be able to part of to actually, actually transform a life. You know, so it's a good thing. Um, I mean, turn, turning to your your leadership of the charity, um, Ian. Um, you know, a charity CEO typically has a a kind of interface with with its supporters, its donors, mm. uh, an interface with its own staff, of course. And you know, you you've got staff both in the office and and further afield. Uh, and also, you know, the public, public face coming to Premier Radio and doing other things publicly. Mm. What sort of proportion do you, do you do? I mean, I guess CEOs vary from charity to charity. They do, and also I, I would um, I would gently suggest from season to season. And so, um, yeah. So the, the first year, uh, first year to eighteen months, I think uh, I didn't have any kind of external profile at all. I was really concerned with what was happening under the bonnet, not what the car looked like, um, and so. Uh, most of my time, I think, was invested in the staff um, and then building a leadership team that uh, could withstand the rigours of uh, growth and ch change and growth. Because change is hard, but actually, interestingly, everybody wants growth, but nobody realises how hard it is, you know. <laughs> so I was in a meeting last night at 7.30, uh, two meetings uh, with my team. Uh, last week, uh, we were in the office at Wagon 10 because actually growth is, is complex. It's, it's risky and it's difficult and it's challenging. Yeah. Well, you're listening to Leadership Farm with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Ian Sorsey. Ian is the CEO of Fegans. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to Leadership Farm with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Ian Sorsey. Ian is the uh, CEO of Fegans, a charity which exists to bring hope to the lives of children, families and community in the towns and cities of, uh, of Britain. Um, we were talking before the break of Ian's uh, journey to to being CEO and uh, and some of the benefits and blessings of 
uh, of vegans uh, to the children of our land and uh, the way in which that's been expanding thankfully in the last uh, last few years um a charity with a with a heritage like vegans has a kind of vegan raison d'etre you've been going for over 100, 100 years 146 146 years, years. Yes. <laughs> so so you, you you there's a sense in which there's a, a degree of things a set you come in as ceo um the, the kind of things that you've the kind of initiatives you've been able to take in the last few years okay so this is the big question i mm. think really uh i, I think the, the first question any ceo has to ask yourself is uh, not what do we do but why are we here mm. Um, and then separately to that, w then what do we do and how, how are those two questions uh, correlated? And then after that, once you've figured out what do we do and then why are we here, then you have to look at your, your leadership team and uh, you have a, a bus management moment. I don't know if you're familiar, I'm sure you are, Andy, where you say, are you with me? This is where we're headed. And you, began, you begin to gather people um, around you. And I know for me, and, and certainly I'm sure for a lot of um, uh, people in business or charitable or church work who are listening to this, you'll be thinking, well, wh where do these people come from? And, um, uh, you know, this is not about human talent, Andy. It, it really isn't. And uh, my leadership team will attest that, I'm sure, for me. <laughs> it's really about w what is God asking uh, us to do and um, uh, how, how do we bring that into uh, a secular workplace uh, or with a Christian charity, with a mixed uh, workforce in a way that is cogent, in a way that is responsible, in a way that is uh, legally appropriate, in a way that actually people can buy into, hook into. And uh, those are big questions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the, what would you say the biggest leadership challenge has been for you? <laughs> wow. Uh, there's been a few. Um, I think that you can share on it. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's the, the, the joy of the Christian walk is that challenge and joy always go hand in hand. Yes. And I, I think, you know, you look at uh, complex budgets or process reengineering, uh, strategy days, uh, all of this stuff. It's all interesting. Um, but I think the biggest challenge has been the biggest joy, which is. What is God asking us to do? Can we be obedient into that as a leadership team? And then as a leadership team, discerning that, that and then saying, right, we're going to do that. And the challenge is that that may not be uh, pleasant to hear from many people. It may be uh, that you've got to let go of people in a very complex way and, 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 and difficult. The joy of it is as we become obedient into what God's asking of us for our lives, um, he begins to bless it. And you, you just have these sometimes almost daily stunning moments of I, I just don't believe he's able to do that mm. and you begin to understand your father a lot more and as a team you know we've been on a real journey of 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 God demonstrating that he's in control that he's sovereign and that he intervenes and that's uh, that's been a joy and I can imagine if if not everyone in the in the charities a believer that could that can be a powerful message to them in terms of being part of this environment you, to some degree here's, here's a humbling thing um it's been great to work uh, in a mixed environment. Obviously, I've spent all of my life actually in the secular world. But mm. uh, whenever we do staff days, we have Christian staff days. And one of the things I lead with is thank you for your tolerance towards us Christians. <laughs> as we've got uh, people of all faiths, no faith, uh, mm. journey of faith, you know, in the room with us. So, yes, you know, I hope that we are a, a demonstration of what God is like um, uh, to work with and how we how we do our work, how we how we uh, lead, how we uh, impact the communities that we're in, but also 
Um, I wouldn't want to be arrogant in that because I've been shown a few lessons in, in uh, tolerance, uh, compa uh, compassion and understanding from these guys as well. Sure, sure. Um, uh, you, we, we talked about your journey before the break about uh, you know, moving from Hayes PLC um, to, a, to a charity environment. There may be listeners who are at that stage of life. You know, mm. not, not, we haven't just got leaders listening. There are people that, you know, who, are, who are kind of grinding it out, as it were, and wondering yeah. if God's got something else for them. Yeah, I mean, God, you know, as it happens for you, it was a physical uh, struggle which, which gave you time, three months, to, to ponder these things. But I'm just wondering your, your advice to people who are, who are thinking through these issues and, and uh, what, would, what would you be saying to, to such folk? I would, I would respond first with a story. It was springtime, a time when kings go to war and David was on top of the palace roof. And a lot of us, um, uh, I think, are on top of palace roofs and we wonder why we're addicted to this or, or that or why we can't quit the cigarettes and so on. Um, but it's because we're not at war. And I felt in my mid-30s uh, a call to obedience. And obedience is not being good and it's not being nice. It's saying your will be done in my life. And throughout the New Testament and the Old Testament, those are the key decision moments. And actually, if you, you know, for those people who are saying, what is, has God got a plan for my life? Um, here's the thing. Um, the captain of the army of the hosts of the Lord stood in front of Jericho and Joshua. And Joshua said to him, are you on my side? Have you got a plan for my life? And, uh, and Jesus, who I believe it is, responds and says, you don't really understand what's at play here. Um, the, the ball is in play. God has a purpose for you, but it's in his plan. And it requires obedience and it requires you to bow the knee. And it, it, it requires you to, to say, come what may, I will drink this cup. Come what may, I will drink this cup in front of me. But there is uh, difficulty drinking that, hu that cup, uh, there is uh, risk, but there is, I can tell you, um, a profound joy uh, as you begin a journey of intimacy, which begins with obedience, then goes to in intimacy. And for those of you who are Sunday morning Christians like me for so many years, I know that God has a purpose for you and it's exciting. Wonderful. Well, that's good, good to hear. Um, uh, when... Um you know, you you talk about this work. I mean, um, obviously, the, if 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 there's an evangelistic type charity, they talk about you know soul saved or whatever. Mm -hmm. If it's a if it's a, a two a thirds world charity, you can talk about you know uh, schools built, hospitals built. Uh, it's it's a little you know in a sense the, the kind of stories you, you, are confidential, but other things you can you can point people to too in terms of, of lives that, that turned around that can encourage supporters to feel, yeah, this is something I want to support with my, with my prayers and with my, with my finance. Okay, I can give one live uh, story and uh, if you come to Fegans or write to Fegans, she will tell you the story herself. But our Deputy Head of uh, uh, Parenting is Maxine, who, uh, in fact, you heard speak, I heard, and I did so heard, you yes. can testify to this, but uh, Maxine was a heroin addict who'd had her children removed from her, and she came to us to go on a parenting course, and really just a few short years later, uh, she uh, has had her ch children restored, she, she volunteered with us for a while, she became a, a paid worker for a while, uh, and now Maxine creates other Maxines, um, uh, and in fact we're just rebuilding our website, and, and Maxine's going to be on there talking to other people uh, like her about how their lives have been transformed and that's critical because a lot of the children that we're working with um, are in environments that are very damaging to them so changing parents is great as you rightly say Andy the work that we do with children is utterly confidential but 
I, I would say that um, every day we are seeing hundreds of children who um, have suffered greatly and the areas of abuse are sexual, um, physical, emotional and uh, mental and they're shocking. Um, you don't get over it. Um, we have a lot of safeguarding and disclosures that are happening where we're engaging with social services to try and intervene and fight for these children as best as we can and we'll be, really be an advocate for them. So please pray. On Thursday we have our safeguarding meeting where we go through these things and uh, uh, honestly, um, you know, you've got to know your strengths and, and in those mm. safeguarding meetings uh, I begin to feel the weight of what we do on a very practical basis. Yeah, yeah. And um, if, if folk want to, to learn more about vegans, obviously you'll have a website and presumably literature that can be sent. Yes, um, uh, visit the website. It has a lot of information on there. I have to say we're rebuilding it. So okay. that, that was our first effort. Uh, but we're, you know, in a month or so's time, we're going we're gonna, to uh, have that redone, revamped. But yes, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love, to, we'd love to know that Christians are standing with us. We are out there in a very cold environment for us partnering with uh, uh, organizations that struggle to understand why we do what we do and uh, doing very complex work and uh, we are disconnected in many ways from the church and we just we want to reach out to Christians in the church to say uh, stand with us be proud of us um, because we're so proud of you yeah splendid and and the website is uh, vegans f-e-g-a-n-s uh, dot org, yes. Dot UK, yeah, yes, yeah. Okay, splendid. Well, do um do log on to um the website and uh, and find out more about uh, vegans. Ian alluded to the fact that uh, I was able to to listen to a presentation about uh, vegans, which is one of the reasons we we managed to get connected and and thrilled to hear of the the work that uh, that vegans and and Ian does. So thank you so much, Ian, for for sharing your story and for for your insights into into leadership today. Oh, Andy, thank you so much for having me. It's been a been a privilege. Good stuff. Well, um, do um, log on to Premier's own website. You can go to www.premier.org.uk and you can listen to archive versions of a leadership file. Um, you can also, um, if you got, if you use a, a listening device of some sort, you can go to iTunes and uh, download uh, the leadership file so that it gets regularly to your um, uh, to the um, to your listening device as you as you plug it into your computer. Um, the um, audio version of the leadership file is available on Premier's site for just a month. Uh, and then it goes to the um, to the iTunes. So iTunes is the place to go if you want to be sure of getting it uh, permanently. Uh, do um, e email in any ideas for guests or for ideas that you want us to cover uh, on the leadership file. We seek to do a broad range of leadership and uh, the opportunities that we, we're able to take sometimes are suggested by folk just like you. So uh, I look forward to your uh, company again next Sunday at 3.30. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.